raised my hand because I had all these ideas about what we could be doing and became uh, the interim president of Kendall College of Art and Design of Ferris State University. <laughs> okay. Rolls off the tongue. Welcome to Creative Ops, a podcast for creative people. Hey, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Creative Ops, a podcast for creative people. This time, I talked to a very creative person, Tara McCracken, who is the president of Kendall College of Art and Design here in Grand Rapids, Michigan, and simultaneously the vice president of Ferris State University in Big Rapids, Michigan, about 50 miles north of Grand Rapids. That sounds like a lot. It still sounds like a lot to me after having talked to her, but I'm confident she can do it all. She's a very impressive lady, both professionally, and we talk about some of the things that she's done and uh, the, the spaces she's designed, and as a parent slash teacher <laughs> who moved on to administration and now is administrator for two colleges at the same time. Very interesting woman, very smart woman, very creative woman. Tara McCracken. I hope you guys enjoy this one as much as I did. Tara McCracken, president of Kendall College of Art and Design. Oh, and I'd also like to note this episode was recorded at the Kendall College of Art and Design in the building that used to be the Grand Rapids Art Museum, which we talked about. Both of us went on early dates with our significant others who became our spouses in that building. So kind of a fun full circle moment that, I don't know, maybe you didn't care about. I don't care. Enjoy this interview with Tara McCracken, president of Kendall College of Art and Design. Since we're here in the Kendall College of Art and Design, the first time being in here since it used to be the Grand Rapids Art Museum. Um, let's start by just talking about what Kendall has going on coming up soon. We have the grand opening of our rebranded retail space. It's now called The Spark. It's located in our 17 Fountain Building. It opens on August 25th. We have a celebration between 3 and 6 p.m. And at 4 o'clock, we're doing the ribbon cutting with the chamber. So come on down and join us. That space has handmade goods, artwork, art supplies, coffee, snacks, events by local artists, makers, designers, alumni, and current students. Then, of course, you know, art prizes Ooh, yeah. is coming up September 14th through October 1st. And here at Kendall in our 17 Fountain Building in our Spark Gallery adjacent to the Spark Retail Space, we will be hosting six artists as well as an exhibit called Say It Loud, which highlights the experiences of underrepresented architects and designers in, and that's a regional exhibition in collaboration with AIA Grand Rapids and AIA Southwest Michigan. So <laughs> we'll have six artists from all over the country and then some regional artists and designers and architects on display during Art Prize. That's awesome. Yeah, and Art Prize for all the listeners outside of Michigan is a really cool competition where I don't even know how many different artists kind of flood the city 
and their art gets put up in these different public spaces. People vote on their favorites. It gets narrowed down to, what, 16 first, and then they... Um, so I think this year it'll be narrowed down to 25. Don't hold me to this. Okay. <laughs> um, and we are going back to a public vote, thumbs up vote, okay. uh, which is, if you've been a part of the history of Art Prize, something that was done in the earlier days. We're going back to that, and the largest public prize is 125000 to that artist. Wow, so, nice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's cool that you said that it's going back to kind of a, an older way that it was because, I don't know, the first art prize, I feel like the first art prize was, it felt like a theme park to me, you know what I mean? Everything was right there and all Yes, out. and we didn't know what to expect. Yeah, nobody knew what to expect. <laughs> um, yeah, now it's a little bit more spread out, so it's not all, it doesn't all hit you at once like it did that first time, but I remember that first time I just walked in and saw the giant bear hanging off the side of the building and I was just like, this is beautiful. There was a guy in this up on a stand th writing poems and throwing them down to people. I was just like, this is this is like art heaven. Yes. The whole city turns into an art exhibition. Yeah. Um, it's <laughs> it's great. Yeah. Lots of life downtown. We are hosting alongside Cultivate, who is doing the art education days for Art Prize. Yeah. Uh, we are hosting portfolio days for college students. That's open to any creative college student in West Michigan or beyond um, on September 26th and 27th yeah. in our 17 Fountain Building. And that's Cultivate with uh, Mallory Shotwell, who some of you may have heard on an earlier episode. Um, and then this year, uh, the what used to be the Honda Design and Drive is now the Honda Paint My Ride. And all the artists will be Kendall students. Oh, that's cool. Um, <laughs> yeah, we're excited about that. Yeah, I remember that. They have the cars kind of lined up along... Um, Monroe. Uh, Monroe, yeah. I was going to say, what's the place with the Bigby and the Kilwins? Tells you where my mind's at. <laughs> <laughs> Across from Rosa Park Circle. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, people come out and they park the cars. People paint the cars. It's, uh, it's really cool. Yeah. Is there anything else on the... Well, on the KCAD side that's going on? Well, so during Art Prize, the second week of Art Prize is Tech Week here in Grand Rapids. Yeah. Um, and that second weekend, September 23rd in Rosa Park Circle is the Confluence Maker Expo. Yes. Um, and we'll be there and we will have some of our technology. It will be interactive. Confluence is science, technology, and art all coming together in one thing, right? Yes. And there will be a, an eSports competition again. And Ferris is big with eSports. Ferris is sponsoring the eSports competition for Confluence. That's awesome. And that there's a high school competition and a college competition. That stuff's getting serious, too. Now you can turn on ESPN3 and you can watch people play, <laughs> playing yes. sports video games instead of actual athletes playing the game pretty cool yes and for those who are competing the trophy is one of a kind because we make it here at kcad <laughs> <laughs> so that's going to probably be mind-blowing um, yes it, yeah it sh we try to demonstrate more than a metal cup <laughs> oh yeah uh laser cutting laser etching oh, 3d wow. printing uh we, we vinyl <laughs> we try to put it all in there to demonstrate what we can do in our fabrication lab i can only imagine going up to a bunch of art people and saying hey would you guys like to make a trophy would we? <laughs> <laughs> yes, please. <laughs> so you've got three degrees? I do. Okay. I do. I have two bachelor's degrees and a graduate degree. Okay. When you started out on that first one, were you thinking someday I'm going to teach or someday I'm going to get into administration or be the vice president and president simultaneously of two colleges? 
Uh, no. <laughs> no, I was not. Um, my first degree, I was a fine arts major. Um, I am, here's a fun fact, I'm an identical twin. And when we were 13, she knew she was going to be a lawyer. So uh, she did her first degree at Western as well. She graduated in four years and was going off to law school. And I did not know what I wanted to be when I grew up. So I Spoken stuck like around. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I stuck around. I was a metals and jewelry major and I stuck around and got a teaching certificate going part time for another couple of years, K-12. Uh, and while I was student teaching, decided, oh, boy, I don't want to teach, which is which is kind of funny where I ended yeah. up. It's an unfortunate place to be. But as somebody who taught for a while and did the whole student teaching thing, I remember the guy in the room right next to me who was student teaching at the same time. Four weeks in, he's like, I don't think I'm going to do this anymore. I'm going to go back to school and do something else. I was like, are you going to finish student teaching? He's like, yeah, but after that I'm done. Huh? Yeah. Okay. Yep. Um, similar. I, uh, ended up then managing an art gallery and I, that was, that was a filler. That, that was not something I wanted to do for, um, <laughs> long-term, but that was something that, that was creative in its, in itself. Um, and I did some career counseling at Western, you know, those, uh, those surveys they give you about the things that you'd like to do and the skills that you have. And, um, <laughs> and then it spits out some proposed, here's what, here's what you should look into. And yeah. one of those things was interior design. Hmm. Um, and at the time, which I won't put a year on it, but <laughs> uh, there were two accredited programs in Michigan. Okay. And so the second time around when I was paying for college myself, um, I, I wanted to go to a program that I knew was stringent program that had high job placement that was really connected to industry. And so I came to Kendall. Yeah. You were, you weren't just like, let's see where this goes. You're like, I need to do this for real. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So I, yeah, it was a, I was a much different student. Yeah. Although I graduated with honors. Um, I, I'm a smart cookie, but, yeah. <laughs> but I just didn't know what I, how I wanted to, um, direct my energies. You were academically <laughs> inclined already. Just oh, not yes. a, no focus for it. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, so I came to Kendall uh, as an interior design major and already having a fine arts degree. Um, I was here for at Kendall for two years and then I started working in industry as a corporate workplace designer. I worked for Custer, the steel case dealer here in town okay. for 10 years. Six of those I was contracted directly to Steelcase and did showroom work around North America for Steelcase. Huh. And then I left that job to work for an architect here in town, Interactive Studio. And um, and at that time, they were doing primarily Steelcase Venture Projects. So I drank a lot of Steelcase Kool-Aid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Steelcase, major employer in the Grand Rapids area, uh, historically. One of the top three global contract furniture companies. Yeah, yeah. If, you have, if you've ever sat in office furniture, you've probably sat in one of their chairs or in one of their cubicles or one of their desks, yeah. Just in case I missed it, what was the link into the going into the corporate side of design? Um, so I wanted to um, balance the left and right sides of my <laughs> brains. Yeah. Uh, and uh, and that's a really good fit. It's it's technical. It's a puzzle. If you like problem solving and, and putting puzzles together, systems furniture yeah. is, is what that is. It's a big puzzle, except it's 3D. Yeah. Um, and but did you figure that out like in school while you were doing an internship or did you just come out? That's what you first got into and you loved it. Um, I knew what I wanted. I knew what I wanted to do yeah. when I came to Kendall. Okay. Um, I had, uh, I had already done the research. Laser focus. You, you're <laughs> yeah, like, cause I I'm know. paying for it for myself. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and, okay. and I've already done six years of 
<laughs> of education yeah uh, for a degree that i wasn't using so yes i was i <laughs> yeah. did i did a lot of the homework first yeah okay um i wanted to ask you <laughs> i just got to get it off my mind because it's the only thing i can think about i saw one of the places that you had uh designed and it was i should have wrote it down i can't think of the name of it now but it was uh place that had like a slide that went from the second floor down to the first floor yes so that's rack space yes in, yes in that's san it. antonio texas and rack space uh, i was working on that project in the mid 2000s mm -hmm. mid to late 2000s uh they were working with a company you might be familiar with microsoft on something uh, called the cloud oh yeah um they do virtual or managed uh hosting at the time i had no clue what they were talking about <laughs> right yeah so like um, it's this thing yes. in the so, ether it's and like, that okay. that building was an abandoned mall that we <laughs> turned into their headquarters so we did it in phases we did mervin's and jc penny's and the concourse the the slide yeah. is in the concourse <laughs> so wow that must have been an interesting challenge then to already have that pre-existing mall framework especially since and you're probably the perfect person to talk to about this I had heard that malls and casinos were both designed, like the, the main framework for them were both designed by the same person and the intention behind them was to make it intentionally disorienting. Right. And you lose track of time. Yeah. Like if you think about your experience in the mall, you don't see outdoors. We yeah. we replaced um, exterior walls with glass curtain walls, um, put in skylights. We, we put in access to light. Now the yeah. concourse, there's it's buried in the middle. Yeah. Um, so not a lot of light. So we had to make it playful. Yeah. That's, um. <laughs> that's interesting because yeah, I, <clears throat> I always wonder how much of it is for aesthetics and how much of it is really like useful to have kind of that. I don't know what the, what the style is for it, but kind of that like corporate playground style, yeah. like mm -hmm. you'd see sometimes yeah. in Google's. Yes. I was going to say Google's, yeah. the, Google start, started that. And that's another, uh, is, so, I mean, from your end, is that more of an aesthetic choice or is there really something to it that says like, hey, this boosts productivity? Is it both? So it's culture. Um, it helps build culture and the mindset. Like you can come to work and you can have fun. Uh, what was interesting about that particular project, when you think about malls, of mm -hmm. course, they had plenty of parking. Right. Um, but uh, around the, uh, the, outer, the outer drive, mm -hmm. all of those businesses, because the mall had been abandoned, were closed. Yeah. Um, and it, I worked on that project for a handful of years and a dry cleaner popped up and restaurants popped up and uh, daycare that were servicing all the people. And there were like 800 people that worked in the building. Yeah. The, I'm starting to see the theme there. Daycare, yes. dry cleaners. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so that was really interesting to see. And, and those spaces already existed mm -hmm. around the mall um, to see that whole area kind of have a renaissance. Yeah. Which is great because I don't know the, the mall in Grandville Michigan, which is probably, well, the, there's two malls. Both of them are doing pretty well compared to other malls I've seen in Michigan even. Um, but yeah, it seems like we're kind of staring down the barrel at one of these days malls are just going to have to go. Or, or they're going to become like mega centers and people will live in them. I'm not really sure. Maybe, <laughs> maybe you've heard more about this on the design side. But um, yeah, it's, it's, optimistically hopeful to see that people can reuse those spaces in ways that are uh, good for, you know, good for the economy, good for the people in the community. That's cool. Yeah. The Lakeshore Mall uh, in Holland was purchased by GRCC. They're hosting classes there. <laughs> oh, 
another good use for it. Obviously, that that's one thing that you've done. But what are some other things that uh, you've you've seen and been a part of that you were just like, man, this thing was too cool. Let me tell you about it. So um, I have to say, when co-working spaces first first started, um, I had the opportunity to work with Steelcase and that architecture firm, Interactive Studio. Yeah. Uh, again, in the early <laughs> uh, early to mid two thousands. And we opened a, a place in River North, Chicago. It was the first WorkSpring. I believe WorkSprings still exist, but now they're in partnership with Marriott's, and it's a very different experience. Mm, okay. This was a really high-end uh, co-working space mm-hmm. directed to Fortune 500 companies oh. in in Chicago. Yeah, um, and we got to use uh, you know prototype <laughs> prototype furnishings. Um, and technologies that were uh, that that project per square foot is probably the highest end project I've ever worked on, which um, a lot of that was around the experience of the the space, not not just how pretty the space was. But yeah. <laughs> um, and that was a really interesting project. And that was my dream team. The the Steelcase project manager was fabulous. And he bought pizza for the uh, contractors every week and Who doesn't love pizza and they did you know fabulous work for him and the architect um, and myself like that was my dream team of clients because we were so like-minded with the goals of that project yeah um and then um you may be familiar with the this local place uh kids food basket yeah so uh about 12 years ago i did their space on oak industrial um, with the architecture firm and um, and then when they were building the new space that they're in uh, on Perkins and Leonard, uh, they called me and asked me if I would come back and do the work for them on that project. And so I did the interior finishes working with contract with Interactive Studio for Kids Food Basket in the space that they're in today. So I've done their last two spaces. And if anybody has uh, volunteered in their spaces, they serve upwards of 10,000 sack suppers every weekday yeah. to kids in Grand Rapids, or well, in Kent County, Ottawa County, and Allegan County who qualify for free and reduced lunch. Yeah. And they have a farm. Yeah. And, and sometimes uh, people who donate, their kids will draw on the bags too i see that that's so cute yes so here at kendall we have a lot of days where we decorate bags for yeah. kids food basket uh, you know we've got some great talent and we sit around um at lunch and we we supply the bags and the <laughs> and the materials yeah so i always tell the students it's a great way to give back yeah. and share your talents when a kid gets or a scholar gets a sack supper in a brown paper bag it's charity yeah. when they get a sack supper in a decorated bag it's a gift yeah When you are um, looking at things from a designer's perspective, sorry, mm-hmm. going back in the conversation yep. here. Um, when you are working for a client, because it's a corporate setting like that, I'm trying to find a way to ask, I guess essentially is, how do you strike the balance between being artistic and you know using your own expression, but then also meeting a client's expectation? Because I assume sometimes you'll get somebody who's like, this is what we want, and you're just like... Uh, I don't know about that. So I would tell students this as well. If you know your stuff and you give them all the reasons why they should do A and they still go with B, Mm -hmm. it's not your first choice, 
but it's not your money and it's not your project. Yeah. And you've, you've told them all the reasons why they should do this. And 90 some percent of the time folks will go with that. Yeah. Cause they've hired you and your expertise. Yeah. Sometimes it doesn't matter. Yeah. <laughs> Always have a plan B and get over it and move forward. Um, you know, I, I used to use that first kid's food basket pallet as, I mean, that pallet in the first space mm-hmm. 12 years ago was kind of obnoxious and they loved it and I knew they would and I didn't, <laughs> but I knew it was right for them. Yeah. So, um, and, and that's about, you know, building relationships and making the space reflect the culture and identity of the client. Yeah. Um, Cause that's so, the part where I, th- I think I would have the biggest hang up is, you know, I, I write for people, but then I also do stuff for myself and so I, I see, you know, that you can kind of disconnect yourself. But sometimes you just, somebody asks you to make something and you're just like, oh, this is just God awful. You know what I mean? Yeah. Sometimes you take your name off the print. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I would say I would, I balance that the same way. Before I was in this role, um, I've been married now 26 years. My husband and I have done, fixed, bought and fixed up five houses since we've been together. Nice. So he's an engineer. I'm a designer. Um <laughs> Where there's a will, there's a way in that yep. house. And we are both uh, both makers. We are both very hands-on. So um, do most of the work ourselves. Yeah. And I met your husband, I think, at the Gram, too. Nice guy. You did. He yeah. actually, you guys bought a copy of the book. Thank you. Um, and then uh, several minutes after you bought it, he walked back by. He's like, hey, I leafed through the first couple of pages. It looks really good. I was like, oh, thanks, man. Yeah. Yeah, he <laughs> has enjoyed it. <laughs> cool. <laughs> I usually don't hound people and go, hey, you bought the book. What'd you think? But... <laughs> In that case, I just wanted to say, your husband's a very nice guy. Uh, shout out to, uh, what's his name? John McCracken. John McCracken. Shout out, John. You're a super cool guy. <laughs> In between doing all these cool professional things, were you simultaneously working in the field and teaching or did you kind of so so then when when did the offer or opportunity or however it happened uh come for you to start teaching so um kendall had been a private college when i went to kendall kendall was started 95 years ago in 1928 and it merged with ferris Mm -hmm. in 2001 i started teaching in 2002 the program chair then of interior design called me and said, hey, I hear you're still in town. And I was. And actually, she, when she called me, I was on maternity leave. <laughs> and, uh, and she asked if I would be interested in a class. So I started teaching at night. Mm-hmm. My husband stayed home with, with my daughter. And, um, and then when my daughter went to preschool, I, was teach, I would drop her off, teach a class, and then go pick her up. Um, and so for the bulk of my design career, I was practicing as a designer three days a week and teaching two days. That's, that's a lot to juggle. You got clients, you got things you got to do for them. You've got to teach, you've got to come up with lesson plans, you've got to grade, and then you've got, yeah, and <laughs> got then to there's wash a baby. after, feed this baby, do <laughs> diapers all night long, going in and out. Yeah. Yes. I, I had a lot of energy then. <laughs> so, well, yeah, coming from that, it probably being an administrator for two colleges doesn't seem like that big of a deal. They let you sleep at night at least. Uh, most nights. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so how long before 
that first class before you're like, you know what, I think I can move into administrative role to bring, you know, whatever it is that you wanted to bring into the world? So I would say that it was never on my bucket list. I did not go to school to be an administrator. My degree in higher education was focused on the classroom, on yeah. academic. I was the chair of our program. I've worked in corporate America. Mm-hmm. I successfully saw us through a curriculum revision, through a program accreditation. So I had some skills that yeah. translate to administration. When uh, my predecessor announced that she was leaving and the then president at Ferris announced that he would be looking for an internal candidate, people started asking me, are you going to be our next president? And my uh, gut reaction was, uh, no. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, I'm not. And they say the best leaders are the ones that don't want the role. Yeah, I, I, would, <laughs> I would say that, 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 that there's some uh, truth in that statement. And then Dr. Eisler, who was the president at Ferris, came down to Kendall to talk to the community about what he was looking for. I listened to him and I thought, I'm going to kick myself if I don't throw my name in the ring because I have some ideas. And I naively thought that I would talk to him about these ideas and the next president would do those ideas. <laughs> um, well, that did happen, but the next president happened to be me. I, I never really... Uh... You just didn't see that last part of it. <laughs> right. Yeah. I'm like, oh, I should tell him this because somebody should, needs to be doing this. Um, <laughs> and, uh, and that was a really tight timeline. Like I put my name in six days later, interviewed, and, uh, and then that was on a Thursday. On Monday, I, he, I got an offer. Huh. <laughs> nice work. Uh, I was stunned. <laughs> I thought I was having a second interview and instead I got a job offer. Yeah. And did you snap it up right like that or were you like, oh, let me think about this? Second. Well, I, I said I asked for 24 hours because I hadn't actually wrapped my head around that it was a real possibility. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I had I had the answer for what would happen to my program and whatnot, but I hadn't really thought what would happen to my life. Yeah. So July 1 of 2019, I stepped into the role of president learn without knowing really what the president does yeah <laughs> and i was interim Which at that time i think at some point in here i'm going to ask you exactly that because i don't know myself um so the president but is the face of the university i am i was gonna say donor, i know, I know on move-in week they shake hands with people and help them move in and take pictures right and i shake hands you know <laughs> at the end too yeah commencement yeah. and That's i hand right. them that piece of well there's nothing in the diploma cover. They get that in the mail. But yeah. <laughs> so it's not really the piece of paper. Um, but that, that, that is, you know, commencement's the highlight. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I learned a lot about um, management, leadership, mm-hmm. uh, and, <laughs> and being a change agent. I, you know, I previously had big ideas. Now I not only have big ideas, I have big impact. Yeah. I mean, I've been a classroom teacher, and I've been the guy who's like, man, if I ran this place, this is what I would do. But when you actually have the opportunity to make those calls, can you see things change and happen pretty fast? Well, let me tell you about my first year as president. July 1 of 2019, I step in, not knowing what the president does. Uh, <laughs> we have declining enrollment, which, which was not a surprise. And there's declining enrollment trends across the nation. Michigan is harder hit than, than some other places. Yeah. Um, you know, wrapping my head around that, we're focused on how do we get more students? How do we... What, you know, what are we doing about this? Uh, and then... Um, yeah, because the artistic mission is great, but unless you have people paying tuition so that all this can happen. Right. Yeah. Uh, March of 2020, we have a COVID-19 pivot. 
my first mm. year. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, and if you remember way back when, we were going to be closed for two weeks. <laughs> two weeks, and then we'll let you know. Uh -huh. Okay, another two weeks. All right, we'll let you know in a month. Yeah. Yes, and so so news was and updates were you know coming out in trickles, and I have to make announcements that we're not going to host commencement. It's going to be online, um, and you know that's a major life milestone. Yeah. The first year, I got lots of uh, pushback uh, from students and families and and the KCAD community, but yeah. my my job is to keep people safe. Yeah. Um, and, and either either way you either yeah. way you decide you're going to get that too. Yeah, the second why, year was why easy. Why would you do that? Why <laughs> wouldn't you do that? Yeah. Um, yeah, the second year when we made that decision, people were like, "Well, of course." Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then in May of 2020, after the uh, murder of George Floyd, we had the civil unrest downtown, and all three of our buildings were damaged. Mm. Um, yeah, there is no playbook for that. I get a call at 4:30 in the morning. Um, and I call and wake the Ferris president up <laughs> and he, he had almost 20 years experience. And, uh, his response was, oof, I don't know what to tell you. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah, they, <laughs> I got they nothing. Don't, they don't teach this one in, uh, <laughs> administrator 101. No. So came downtown. My, my husband and I were the first ones in the, I, we walked around the building. The windows are broken out. The alarms are going off. Um, and we go into the building only when I was on the second floor did I think, hmm, maybe this isn't a smart thing. Yeah. <laughs> like, cause I did, we did not know if there were people in the building. There were not. Yeah. Um, I, yeah, you we don't were know. really collateral damage during all that. And the buildings are, you know, the buildings can be repaired and they have been, um, hopefully that's what insurance is for. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and Ferris helped us out. Uh, they, uh, sent a contractor down to button up. Everybody was looking for ways to secure the buildings um, yeah, and yeah, ferris yeah. has a great uh, you know construction management that helps program yeah so <laughs> <laughs> lots of connections to to area uh builders and and contractors so uh they helped and i didn't have to worry about that but i had to worry about getting a communication out um and moving forward now the the buildings can be healed mm -hmm. the community that's a that's that's a marathon and you know we're still uh, but it, it did accelerate um some of the focus as an administrator, when I got started, we were, it was all about enrollment. Yeah. We still talk about enrollment on the daily. Right. Um, but uh, I had intended that my second year would also then focus on diversity, equity, and inclusion. That got accelerated because it needed to. Yeah. Um, and we have made um, both small and large changes here that have um, really helped create the sense of belonging um, and inclusion here at Kendall. Yeah. Yes. So that was my first year as president. Yeah. Um, what a wild thing. <laughs> I mean, that that's that's straight up like when you uh, people talk about presidents of the, the country, not of colleges. <laughs> they say, you know, we're running on this platform. They get in office. And then all of a sudden, this thing that nobody saw coming happens. And it's just like, oh, you know, all these things we were talking about. Well, now we got to deal with this. And that's... <laughs> right. I heard myself described many times in the first couple of years as the president of crisis. Uh. uh, and the board thought I was doing a good job. They removed the interim and <laughs> and gave me a longer term contract when I, when That's I got us through those things. I actually think it was helpful to, to have somebody internal in the leadership role when those things were happening to us. Yeah. Cause I, you know, I'd been there, I'd taught there for 17 years before I was president. So I knew the things that we were concerned about, yeah. you know, we, we are a, um, 
I'm going to say a predictable cast of characters and, and that's probably going to come back to haunt me. But <laughs> um, so, so it was, you know, good to be, I always remind people that I'm of KCAD. Yeah. I went to school there. I taught there and now I'm the chief executive. It's been an integral part of my adult life. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm not an outsider coming in, trying to make things better. I'm, I'm, you know, part of the community making change. Mic drop. <laughs> I would think just being the president of one place would be enough headache and things to think about on a daily basis. But you manage the title of president of Kendall College of Art and Design and vice president of Fair State University. How does one do that? Because those both sound like two 60-hour-a-week jobs on their own. Well, maybe some weeks. Um, is there that many weeks, <laughs> many hours in, in a week? But um, so they're not, they're not as distinct as you think. Being that there is that like merger between the two entities. Yes. Okay. Uh, and so I'm in Big Rapids uh, typically on Mondays. Today happens to be a Monday. I, I did all my Big Rapids stuff this morning remote. Which for um, listeners is where the main bit, uh, Big Rapids, Ferris State University campus is. Yes. And so it's about uh, 50 miles north yeah. uh, of Grand Rapids. Um, and they have uh, about 10,000 students on their campus. We have about five, between five and 600 here in Grand Rapids at Kendall. So I sit on the president's council in Big Rapids, mm-hmm. and uh, and I bring Kendall's voice to the conversation and the opportunities to collaborate. We work quite closely with student affairs and academic affairs and the diversity and inclusion office. We're starting to work closer with uh, the advancement and um, marketing offices, you know. And I work with general counsel as needed. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, the finance and admin, um, we are working more closely with them. They manage their facilities in ways that help us manage our facilities. Yeah. So, so it's a nice, our library, every accreditation, accreditor that comes to visit us. Um, and we have two college, there's a university-wide accreditation, the Higher Learning Commission. Kendall has a NASA accreditation on the entire college, and that's the National Association for Schools of Art and Design. And then we have two accredited programs, Interior Design accredited by CETA, the Council for Interior Design Education. I'm going to set myself up here because I'm going mess, to mess, mess up this next one. <laughs> um, and then our uh, Masters of Architecture program, which is uh, accredited by NAB, which is the National Architectural Accrediting Board. I think I got it right. That sounds right. Um, <laughs> so they all look at our library and, you know, we have an academic library that is focused on art and design. Mm-hmm. But then we have all the databases from the university. So... <laughs> So we have the support of a public university library in our little library. And this is a fun fact that I find fascinating. Our folks like print. Our circulation rates mm-hmm. are on par with the campus in Big Rapids, which has 10,000 students. And we have five to 600 students here. And um, our books circulate at the same rate. Hmm. We use our library. Yeah. Like a library. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like a traditional library. Yeah. Well, going back to what I was telling you before, when I was at Ferris, I was very rarely in the library. I was more about town than I was about <laughs> about campus. <laughs> so actually, that, that's kind of an interesting thing. What's your take on 
kids that come in and they're just kind of like, I don't know about school. I'm just here because my parents told me to. Do you, do you have a so, program where you sit down with those kids or have you ever just taken a kid and been like, hey, what do you really want to do? So I would say um, that, you know, the university has, uh, that's a, um, a bigger challenge there. Not that it doesn't happen here, but the students that come here are very focused on creativity. Yeah. And with that and, smaller right. community, it's probably more people yeah. like, hey, come on, let's go. And they're making the choice to come to an urban campus, mm-hmm. you know, so we don't have the same kind of college life that a state university does. Yeah. You know, and I have to give a shout out to uh, Ferris as the uh, D2 national football champions two years in a row back to back. Oh, good uh, Bulldogs. <laughs> yeah, they, they, uh, they struggled like everyone else did against Grand Valley back when I was there. That was when Grand Valley was making their big run. But now it's our turn, huh? Oh, yeah. Yep. National champs. <laughs> nice um so uh so you know so we don't have that kind of um experience yeah uh it is a very focused experience on creativity and connecting to the arts and design communities here downtown um you know i've known for saying downtown is your campus you know the grams right <laughs> a block and a half away yeah uh we we at kendall adopted rosa park circle um in the adopt a park program and we run some programming and we do cleanups every semester and Rosa Parks and, you know, connecting with community and being a part of the, um, the key collaborators for Art Prize mm-hmm. alongside the city of Grand Rapids and DGRI, the downtown Grand Rapids Inc. and Kendall College of Art and Design really embeds us in the city yeah. um, and provides opportunities that, um, that we may, may not have recognized in the past. Um, okay. But jumping back to administrative stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, I was going to ask you this. It's a question that I hope doesn't sound combative because it's not. But why should somebody pay for an art education uh, today? Because, you know, everybody's saying it's just more expensive to live now. It's more expensive to, to find a place to, to rent. It, food's more expensive. So what does, a, what does an art education bring to the table for somebody who's probably going to have to take up a little bit of a debt to get to it? So um, we focus on creative career education. Mm-hmm. Um, the world needs the creative arts. 100%. <laughs> yes. I, I don't disagree with you <laughs> yep. on any of this, by the way. Uh, you know, uh, fine artists are reflecting and uh, responding to the world around us. They're challenging us to think in new ways. We need that in mm. our lives. Yeah. Um, we need that uh, connection to humanity. Uh, and design. Design is, you know, changing the world of business, technology, healthcare. Uh, we interact with design on the daily. And the best designs are designs we don't even notice because it's so intuitive and works so well. Yeah. We tend to notice design when it has a... An impactful aesthetic, and we respond to it. You know, that's yeah, that's sexy. Yeah, <laughs> or when it doesn't work. Yeah, or <laughs> um, that too. Yeah, I see some places go overboard with the minimal minimalist design, and I'm just like, are you guys just trying to have no personality whatsoever? Or yes. So um, by enrollment, Kendall is about ninety two percent design and commercial art, um, and our commercial arts are illustration and our photography program. Yeah. And then you name your design discipline, you can do it here. <laughs> yeah. And I know people say, well, you know, what, what kind of jobs are you going to go out and get with that? But I, uh, I've, I've had people on the show, designers who, uh, 
um, and artists who um, make beer can logos or they make mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> cannabis bag logos for mm-hmm. some of the local um, producers in town. And, you know, you'll see their stuff. Every, they make business logos. They make business cards for people. They'll design the inside of a restaurant. Like the, the opportunities really are, at least around here, pretty pretty out there and yeah and we have you know michigan is a manufacturing based economy Mm -hmm. we make things yeah here on the west side of the state we make furniture we make so we've got steelcase hayworth herman miller and then all the the smaller furniture uh office furniture manufacturers we have wolverine we have bissell we have uh what's the appliance company in benton harbor Oh, I know who you're talking about, but I can't think of them. Did you already say Herman Miller, too? Oh, Herman Miller. Yeah. Yep. Miller Knoll now. Oh, <laughs> pardon me. Um, I'm going to come up with that uh, appliance company. <laughs> While you're thinking of it. Whirlpool. I, I did. Boom. <laughs> I remember um, reading, I'm trying to remember which Stephen King novel, um, Salem's Lot about the vampire. Uh, there was one line in there. That I showed my friends because I just thought it was too funny. He's like, it's the kind of place that sells furniture that looks really expensive. But when you look at the back, it says made in Grand Rapids. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And all those manufacturers employ, you know, uh, interior designers, product designers, graphic designers, fashion designers. Yeah. Um, So you I can't I can't uh, visit any of our. big global companies here in West Michigan that don't employ our alumni rubber, rubber made Newell in, uh, Kalamazoo. Yeah. Or, and even, um, Jackie who was in here earlier, shout out to Jackie for PR and marketing people that do things like that and do social media. Mm-hmm. Really helpful to have somebody who can make eye catching designs in the proportions and sizes that are needed, put those out on a regular basis and attracts people to your businesses too. Right. That are, that are accessible. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So I think actually with the internet and social media and the way everything works now, there's really no reason not to try being an artist because when I was a kid, you know, 80s, early 90s, there weren't as many opportunities. There weren't like podcasts. You could just start your own podcast. If you Mm -hmm. wanted to do this, you had to get a job on the radio. Um, But uh, yeah, now you can create your own opportunities. You can link up with people on Meetup or Facebook or wherever and find a whole um, network of people that are creative in the way that you are, or just that inspire you on, in other ways, mm-hmm. which is, you know, kind of what I hope that this podcast does. Cause it doesn't really have that one base of, I talk to writers, I talk to painters, I talk to restaurateurs. I, you know, I talk to whoever I can that inspires people and, and well, inspires me. And <laughs> that's why I wanted to talk to you. Cause when I first met you, I think the first thing I said was like, wow, you have really cool glasses. Are you an artist? And you're like, actually, actually, I'm a designer. <laughs> and I just happen to be the president of an art college. <laughs> yep. Okay. Well played. Yeah. So, you know, designers uh, are connectors. They're relationship builders, problem solvers. All yeah. of all of those things connect to industry and, and they're transferable skills. Mm-hmm. And I would say that they're transferable to leadership. Yeah. Uh, when this opportunity arose, I was a little concerned that the creative part of me would wither. I've mm. always done my own. That you would just have so much yeah. stuff that you wouldn't have time to really just do your yes. own fun things. Um, and that's true. I, I am not uh, doing my fiber arts and I'm not <laughs> doing mm. the things that I had been doing um, 
I'll get back to those. But I am using my creative problem solving skills in ways that I never imagined yeah. um, and regularly. And, and I feel creative and I feel that part of that part of me is being fed um, yeah. through this role. Yeah. Um, it's not withering. That's good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because I find the same thing, too, when uh, especially in the summertime. When when my kids are at school, I write, I write, I write. In the summertime, it's been like, I'm going to get out of the house for two hours today and go write. But um, yeah, you, you find other things to do, like a, like a podcast or uh, make some designs for social media to try, <laughs> try to get more likes, more follows. <laughs> Just something, uh, mm-hmm. something that's, I guess some people might call it productive procrastination, but... <laughs> <laughs> Well, I'm doing something, maybe just not the thing I need to be doing, right? <laughs> yeah, it's not it's not always the call to that one thing that uh, really sets my heart on fire, but, uh, you know, find ways to, like you said, keep, keep putting that spirit out there. Mm-hmm. Come check us out. Visit us at Kendall. We have, we give tours regularly. We'd love to, we, we don't want to be the secret in Grand Rapids. <laughs> Come see us. Come see the student work in our galleries. Come visit us. Check out the consignment store. The shop has fabulous things. I'm, we're very pleased with how that space is turning out. Visit our digital fabrication lab. See what kinds of things we're doing that are innovative um, and new technologies. Yeah, that's fun. You're not just going to come here and learn how to make charcoal sketches. You're going to learn how to do some pretty wild stuff that actually applies to the real world in a, in a more meaningful way than just, ooh, that's pretty. Right. And you're going to, uh, one of the things that, that I hear consistently when people visit us is that um, we are a collaborative community. It's it's not so competitive. There is room for everybody here at the table. Mm. Um, when outside people have sat in on critiques and in this role, I've had the opportunity to sit in um, classes that I was never invited into when I was a faculty member. <laughs> <laughs> um, and and give feedback and they always say the same thing like the feedback from the students is critical but productive and helpful and nobody is keeping their cards to their chest they want everybody to succeed they recognize that there's room for all of us and the different interpretations creatively mean that we don't all think the same that there's more than one way yeah uh, to do something and that's why we're not all living in a beige box yeah. Yeah. Just talk to a stranger for two minutes. Somebody who isn't in the same same cycle of thought and same uh, same frequency as you. And you'll realize really quickly, man, there are people out there who have entirely different perspectives on the world mm-hmm. and and what our problems are and how to solve them and all those things. And that we we can be better together. Yeah. Yeah. I like I like that that. Uh, it, it's nice to hear that there's a small academic community that isn't insanely you know, cutthroat to be in that top 5% or whatever it is. Because I don't know, I, I've seen that in other colleges. I won't name names. And I think it's pretty widespread where people are trying to keep up that GPA or they're trying to be better than everybody else in their class grade wise. Um, and you just see people burn out or. Yeah. I mean, there are, there are places that think that the goal of the critique is to make somebody cry. Yeah. Um, that's not, <laughs> that's not us. <laughs> We're kind. Yeah. <laughs> we want you to succeed and we want to help you get, get to that success. Yeah. Ooh, I think the last question I have is, does, um, does Maynard, the lead singer of Tool ever stop in and say hi? Um, I know so he's one of the more famous, uh, recognizable 
yes. alumni. Yes. So he has a relationship with a, a couple faculty members, but not directly with the college. Oh, he doesn't send you guys any of his wine or anything? No. Bummer. Uh, he might send those faculty, but they're not, they're not sharing. <laughs> <laughs> right on. Um, well, that's all, uh, that's all I've got for you. So thank you so much. It was, it was lovely meeting you at, uh, at the Graham, you and your husband. Uh, shout it again to John. Yep. John, you're the man. Um, thank you for inviting me into uh, Kendall College. I, as I said, it's the first time I've been here since it was the old art museum. So that was also fun because you and I both, we shared <laughs> off mic that it was one of the first places we went on a date with our uh, significant others before we were married to them. Mm-hmm. So that's yep. fun. It's, it's come full circle. It's all coming full <laughs> circle right now. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for being on the podcast. I really appreciate you uh, bringing me in here and talking to me. Thanks for having me. This has been a pleasure. All right, folks, that was Tara McCracken, the president of the Kendall College of Art and Design. Go check out Kendall at kcad.ferris.edu. K-C-A-D.F-E-R-R-I-S.edu. All that'll be in the show notes, too. Thanks again to Tara McCracken, her husband, John, and you guys for listening. I'll see you next time. Mwah!